college athlete, this is for you. There's never been a time where it's been more necessary to have valuable encouragement, leaders, mentors, people in your life who are grounded in their faith, who have walked your journey, walked your path, had the same struggles, the same temptations, same challenges that you're facing today. And this episode is going to equip you, encourage you, empower you to rise up above the noise, to rise up above the distractions that you're seeing every day as a Christian on a college campus in a high-profile environment of being a collegiate athlete. You're faced with some unique challenges. So these episodes are definitely going to be something that builds you up, that somewhat insulate you from some of the attacks and some of the things that are around you that are trying to separate you from God or separate you from your faith. So I hope that this episode changes the way you see yourself, your situation, your surroundings, your environment. I hope it changes the way you walk out your faith, and I hope that you walk away different than when you walked in uh, from this episode. So be encouraged, be blessed, and understand that you're not alone in this, and these guests on these shows have walked the same path, and they're here to encourage you and let you know you can win. So stay grounded in your faith, stay faithful to being that Christian example, and watch how others follow you. Be blessed. Last in line nation, welcome to another episode of Project 222. And we got another guest to you brought to you today, uh, another ex-college athlete balancing faith in that environment as a high-profile athlete. Um, and it and the struggles that come with it, challenges that come with it, but also the victories that come out of it. Um, as you know, this is right out of the Bible. Project 222 comes from 2 Timothy 2:2. It says, take what I have taught you, teach it to other faithful men so that they can teach others as well. And uh, we're going to do that. We're going to live it out. And I'm going to bring a guest to you today and I'm going to introduce him. So his name's Isaac Williams and born and raised in Southern California, um, currently lives in California. Um, and, uh, you know, he played uh a lot of high-level football. He was a defensive back, played cornerback, uh, was a superstar in high school. Um, he first-team all-conference, uh, got invited to play in an all-star game uh, as a senior. And, you know, what I like about his story is that, man, he had to overcome some stuff. And we're going to get into that a little bit. Um, he, he played uh, – college football at Linfield University in uh, McMinnville, Oregon, just out maybe a, an hour outside of Portland. Um, played four years of ball, but um, he had an injury in high school that led to having a, a surgery and ended up redshirting his freshman year. But what I noticed interesting is that the following years in college, 
ended up having a season-ending injury every every season. And, and you talk about having to deal with some mental struggles attached to that and some of the things that come along with that that I can't wait to dive into. Um, and, and so he graduated in 2018 with a double major, um, finance and economics. Man, bless your heart. I'm glad there's guys like you because that is not my wheelhouse. Uh, but works for a company in Carlsbad right now, a, a telecommunications company in uh, finance. So without anything else, let's, enter, let's uh, welcome Isaac Williams to the show. Yeah, thanks, John. Appreciate you having me. Man, yeah, it's good um, to meet good to meet new people, man. I, I want to maybe tell some audience something about you or something else I might've left out that'll help them connect. Yeah, for sure. Um, I'm the oldest of four siblings. So, uh, I have two younger sisters who are one's a year and a half younger and then one's 18. And then I got a little brother who's 12. So there's, there's quite a, quite a gap there, but yeah, super blessed, um, to be on here and be able to share a little bit of my story. That's cool. Yeah, I have four kids myself. So <clears throat> being the oldest, man, you got a lot to live up to a lot of examples to set oh, yeah. uh, a lot of standards to uphold. So that's good. Uh, it's good to be a leader in that way, man. Uh, you know, I, I guess some context around this, not that it isn't pretty straightforward, but for the audience, you know, it, we talk a lot about what Christian athletes are going through right now. And there's a lot of great organizations that are out there to help them stay connected, you know, fellowship of Christian athletes among others. And uh, I just, I still think that it presents a set of challenges anyway, even if you're a Christian walking onto a campus, man, that doesn't necessarily guarantee you of anything, right? You're not entitled to this good, uh, I don't know, uh, peaceful existence always, unless you seek out opportunities to live that out, unless you seek intentionally those resources that are available. So not everybody does that, but what I want to hear from you, man, is it all kind of starts with leadership and mentors and good examples that you see when you step on college campus. What, who is out there for you? Who are those people that, or that person that kind of led that example and, and was available for you to kind of hold on to along that ride? Yeah, definitely. I think, uh, yeah, just to start off, I, I've been, um, you know, super thankful. I've had a lot of people invest in me. And so it's, it's kind of set the foundation uh, for how I lived my life in college. And one of the things that was cool about Linfield is the head coach uh, on the coaching staff was a Christian. And so although I didn't go to a Christian school necessarily, he, a lot of the principles that he uh, reinforced in the program were, were biblical principles. And so that was super encouraging coming into college, knowing that I had somebody who was going to stand up for what was right. And, uh, you know, people on the team didn't necessarily know they were buying into that sort of culture necessarily, but it, it created a, a culture of accountability um, and so that was a huge foundation uh, in looking at the coaching staff. Uh, I think I, I can't not answer this question without mentioning my dad. I've had, I've been blessed to have super great parents. And my dad is someone who, who led by example. He's someone who taught me how to work hard and how to submit to authority, even when you don't agree with their decisions sometimes. 
um, and how to trust the Lord in the midst of the unknown. And when you come into college, there's a lot of unknown, both relationally, athletically, academically, you're kind of, it's a new season and you don't necessarily know what to expect. And so that was a huge, uh, huge part for me. Yeah, no, it is. And, and like I said, you, you have all these foundations hopefully set when you get into that because so that you're not, you know, just light years behind the curve from a spiritual mm -hmm. standpoint, but you know, even though you are set up good foundationally, it, it, like we said, it doesn't automatically just happen. So it's good that you could kind of go from your dad's leadership and, and ongoing, obviously a parent is still with yeah. you through college, but then have somebody day to day, like a coach that actually yep. lives out those principles and tries to execute that, that framework um, of a plan. And that's awesome. Um, and like you said, you mentioned you didn't go to a Christian uh, university, but you know, were you able to latch on to kind of a group of guys that might be like-minded with you or what was the challenge there? Yeah. So it was definitely, it was definitely hard at first and there's not, there wasn't a ton of guys where it was evident that they were, you know, living, living their life for the Lord, but there were, there were a few guys. And I think the biggest thing initially when I got to college was getting finding those guys and getting plugged into a church right away and being able to be in fellowship with those guys and go to church. Uh, a big part of my college experience too was young life. And so uh, there was, it was super cool to not only be in fellowship with other athletes and my teammates, uh, but also those on campus uh, that were, you know, trying, trying to live, uh, live the narrow live on the narrow path. And so obviously when you're on a team and you're in the trenches day to day, those relationships are uh, hard to come by or hard to pass up. And it's, it's super cool to grow in depth with those people who are going through those same struggles, day to day struggles with you, um, especially on a football team where, you know, the culture in football is, mm -hmm. you know, not, not predominantly, uh, you know, up, up to standard or, um, you know, people, people live according to their, their own, own desires and their, their own wants and will step on people to get that. And so, um, yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, football is kind of unique, I would say, cause it's just a bunch of hard guys, you know, that are, if you're not running somebody over, you're getting run over pretty much. Yep. And, and that sort of translates, I guess, in just sort of the everyday life and mentality and just you got to be locked into that hungry, you know, uh, attitude. But, you know, um, yeah, it's hard because I would say, like you mentioned, making sure that you got connected in a church and those kind of things. And with the list of obligations and re responsibilities that college athletes have, um, let alone football, because I know that's just, you know, that that's a rigor that not is for not is not for everybody. Um, but, you know, in that list of priorities, something usually falls by the wayside. You know, it's hard to carve out margin for every single thing. And unfortunately, what I've seen is sometimes the spiritual side kind of falls off, right? Because I'll get to it mm -hmm. later, kind of gets bit by that bug, right? I'll get to it later, right. and then we never get to it. And so, yep. man, what's a challenge that you're seeing? Like, you, you've been there, you've done it, you've lived it. What was the challenge you had? Or what was the challenge that maybe you saw some guys having 
that had all the good intentions, right? Um, spiritually. But what, what's a challenge that you're seeing amongst that college athlete? Cause it hasn't been that long since you've been out. So it's relevant. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think the biggest thing that I realized when you, when you get to college, you're, you know, college is the first time a lot of people have the autonomy in, in what they choose to do. And right. when left to our own devices, yeah. we, we quickly gravitate towards our fleshly desires. And sure. so I think uh, it causes you to be in positions where you're asked to compromise your convictions. And, and so whether that be, you know, partying or language or, um, you know, sexual purity, it, yeah. it can become a snowball effect. And before you know it, it, you have things taking the place of God and you either don't realize it or you flat out know, but no longer bat an eye towards it. And so, you know, it's kind of cliche, but the, but the little things quickly become significant uh, and the habits you develop in that stage of life set the trajectory for, you know, the way you want to live the rest of your life. Wow. Wow. You said something that was really good. Um, the, you know, compromising your convictions is, and that's, that's huge because like you walk in with all these good intentions of staying strong and maintaining, and you've got this set of like what I call non-negotiables, right? That foundation mm -hmm. that you're like, okay, I'm not going to. And then ne next thing you know, it's almost like when you measure, I don't know, I've never laid tile, but I know that this is a thing. If you get off just a one thirty-second of an inch at the end, it's like four inches, right? As yeah. you get offline. So I know you get, like you said, the little things, okay, I can compromise. I'll at least go to this party. I'm not going to drink, right? I, I, you know, I'm not going to do any of this other, but I'm going to go just so I'm not an outcast. Well then, mm -hmm. okay. The next party you go to, right? What do you do? Well, I'll have one or whatever it is. You fill in the blank, but like you said, those right. little steps take you off of baseline eventually really far. And you look back and you're like, how did I get here? So, yeah. you know, I, is there, do you have an example of where you might've been tempted at one point um, or, you know, it, how, how did you handle that situation? Yeah. Uh, I think, uh, yeah, in terms of, in terms of partying, I was, uh, you know, I didn't have a huge temptation in there. Thankfully I was able to, mm -hmm. you know, stay, stay away from that scene. I think, yeah. I think a language is one that can get in really easily or you don't sure. even think about. Uh, and it's funny cause I was known uh, as somebody that, you know, would say all the, all the weird or fake cuss words. Cause I would try and find something to, to substitute. But I quickly realized whenever I was in a competitive environment that started to, to shift and I started to, uh, you know, succumb to, you know, the, the culture of, of the, the team and other guys. And, um, you know, it, it leads to like a lack of self-control in other sure. areas, whether that be, you know, pride or yeah, just in relationship with others. And so, mm -hmm. uh, I think that's one that I even maybe struggle with today when I, when I get in a competitive environment and have that mindset, it's something yeah. that, you know, because of that compromise in college, it's, I'm still having to deal with that habit 
And mm-hmm. so it's something you have to, those things where you compromise become something you have to battle with on a daily basis. Yeah. Yeah. And, and what we're, you know, I hope the audience understands, like, we're not saying that perfection is necessarily the expectation um, mm-hmm. because we know that's never going to happen. So we get it. Like you're in those, you're in the thick of the battle. And when you're in Rome, you kind of do as the Romans do sometimes. And, and what we're trying to accomplish here is giving you as an audience, the tools and the mindset of maybe I can be that influencer in that environment. Maybe I don't have to do what the Romans are doing when I'm in Rome, right? Maybe I can create my own standard and people will gravitate to that. And they will, they will, because they'll see the strength that it shows. And then the peace that you have throughout and you're, you're not emotionally a roller coaster like some people might tend to be when they're trapped in this worldly perspective. So I like that example. Cause I mean, everybody, everybody deals with something, right? Everybody's got their own brand of temptation, their own brand of, I don't know, I call it failure, I guess, if we're the standards here and then we hit this mark, you know, it's not a win necessarily. So, um, but it's good to hear that realistic perspective. And I hope somebody got that. I hope somebody understands that like you're not expected to be perfect, but uh, man, so going through this whole deal, like you've got a list of things I want to cover and I, man, you've laid the groundwork really well. And so, you know, going in as a Christian, it's hard, especially when you're not surrounded by like-minded people, you know, you're almost in hostile Mm -hmm. territory. Sometimes it feels like, and um, you're trying to be that example. You're trying to set that standard, man. Did you have any kind of defining moment going through this process of college? I mean, you had challenges physically, like you're Mm -hmm. a football player at a college playing football and you've had a season ending injury every season. Like not only do I, wonder how the, the, the challenge of overcoming some of that were in the rehab and all that and the mental toll it takes. But I've also wonder, man, your expectation had to get a little skewed. You had to have a little bit of fear and doubt going into that next season. Like, Oh man, I hope I don't re-injure. I don't, you know, something else doesn't happen. Talk about your journey there and sort of how you had to overcome some of that negative mindset. Definitely. Yeah. So as you mentioned earlier, uh, I had, I ended up having uh, a shoulder injury towards the end of my senior year of high school. And so I ended up having to get surgery on my labrum. And because of that, I had to redshirt. And so already to start college, my expectation of having a ton of success on the field kind of had, uh, had a little setback already. And so, uh, but I was still optimistic in terms of I, I had an extra year and could you still use it. And so I uh, was able to use that year to train and get right. And I think it, the defining moment uh, during my time in college was probably my sophomore year when after that redshirt year uh, and training and getting my body right, my shoulder continued to, to dislocate throughout the season. And so um, I then had to have another surgery. And so yeah, like I mentioned, when I went to college, I, I expected to have a ton of success just because I, I'd worked my butt off to get to that point. And I took pride in the work uh, that I put in and yeah. those expectations got wrecked. And so I was frustrated and, and mad uh, because every time I thought I was in the clear, it felt like I ended up taking two more steps back. Mm-hmm. And um, I grew up being preached to by my dad that hard work always pays off. And in this particular case, uh, it wasn't paying off, at least in the way I wanted it to. 
And so um, this brought me, I think it brought me to the sad reality that my identity and worth was so wrapped up in how people viewed me and respected me as an athlete. And so mm. it was pretty sobering because it was clear that uh, the Lord wasn't my number one priority at that mm. time. Wow. And so now looking back on my time in college, it obviously realizing that and understanding that and moving forward, knowing that didn't make it any easier in the following seasons when I continued to, to rehab and felt like, you know, I had to do twice the work to get back to square one mm-hmm. uh, versus everybody else. And, and so it didn't make it any easier. Um, but I wouldn't have it any other way because the Lord works on my heart. And after the initial disappointment of each injury, uh, it, it was these times that kind of pushed me to reflect and be so thankful for all the Lord had blessed me with. Um, and so it's kind of, it, it's interesting looking back because it's so ironic that in those times where you would think it's, you know, the, the frustrate, the most frustrating time, or, you know, you sit in that, um, self-pity mm-hmm. yeah. after that, obviously that was there initially, but once I got past that, it, it was cool that the Lord began to, you know, shift the posture of my heart and understand and look at, wow, I have so much to be thankful for. And I still have the opportunity, you know, uh, of chasing my dream and playing college football and getting a good edu- education. So can't help, but, but look at, you know, what the Lord had done in my life and, and be thankful for what he had given me. Yeah. Man, I mean, I I get, I think that's probably more mature than I would have been, you know, and more, and maybe you didn't start out there. Maybe you had to evolve into that level of maturity, but I would say like everybody's level of devastation is controllable in my opinion. Like the pain Mm -hmm. is guaranteed pain, physically, pain, mentally, spiritually, emotionally, relationally, whatever pain's guaranteed, but you know, suffering's not suffering's optional. So that's a choice we make to suffer through the pain. And, and I think suffering, you would agree, is more of an emotional posture. So I, I guess to, to whoever's watching this, because we have, there's a lot of athletes that are going to watch this, and, and some of those guys are, you know, a paycheck to play that sport is their goal. That's their ultimate level of success. How did I – did I succeed? Well, am I getting paid to do this? Am I in the NFL? Where am I – you know, and, and so to have an injury like – like you're dealing with, like, I, that could be devastating to somebody um, is my point. So I guess my encouragement um, and your encouragement, it sounds like is to really try to self-regulate that level of devastation because you're, you're learning something through this battle. And, and what is God showing you, I think is the key. And I said to my kids all the time, like, okay, the result isn't necessarily what we're after. Yes. The goals, we have goals, we have aspirations, but the significance through this journey to me is what am I being shown in good or bad? So if I'm dealing with a trial and I'm dealing with an injury and I'm dealing with setback, okay, God's showing me something. How's he building me? How am I growing out on the other side of this is where, is where I hope we can get right mentally. Um, And I know you probably saw, go ahead, add to that. Yeah, no. Yeah. I was just going to say, I think in those times, it's so important to understand that 
you know, in the Bible, it says God's ways are higher than ours. And it also says in, in Romans, all things work together for the good of those who love mm, God. Yeah. And so I think understanding those two things and understanding what God has promised us and, and knowing that if we're seeking after him and we're in his will, there's, there's no better place to be because he's got our best interest in mind. And so the realizing and understanding that was so monumental for me. And it's so freeing um, knowing that the Lord's got your back. And although it may not look like that in your external circumstances, he's yeah. going, he's going to be there and um, you know, you're not going to be left in the dust. Yeah. That's the beautiful thing. And I, what I hope people can grab onto from a hope standpoint is, man, maybe God's closing doors too. Like maybe, you know, we're trying to fit our square peg in a round hole sometimes. And we feel like we just need to use a bigger hammer if it's not going right. Mm -hmm. Maybe, maybe he's showing us there's a different way for us. And so, I don't know. I just think, you know, we think, Oh God didn't, you know, let me do this. This was my dream and this didn't happen. So God just, you know, kind of trashed that dream for me. Well, Maybe that wasn't his plan. Like you said, he knows more than we do. And so I'm, I'm really grateful for uh, not to be country song cliche guy, but unanswered prayers aren't a bad thing sometimes, you know, right. and uh, closing doors that he only he closes is for a reason. So, um, man, that's good encouragement that you had. And that's a good experience that you had because like not everybody has a season injury injury. <laughs> Uh, every season like that's a unique thing and for you to come out on the other side of that and still like hey I knew God had a plan I knew I was just going to keep coming back harder and training and getting there and working because you just never know so <clears throat> great encouragement um yeah and like but, you said too that yeah. that was not a it's easy to explain it in a couple minutes but that that took took years to to get to like you said that's not something that happens overnight right right well um I, I get it. And, and I don't know that I would have even gotten there, you know, as a part, maybe I would have just swallowed and fell into that pit of self pity. Cause I know there's people listening right now who might be in that somebody listening might be right in the middle of this. And the Valley looks like it's never ending to them. The pit is just, is what it is. And that's where I'm going to be forever. It's not like understand God's working in you and he's going to pull you out the other side of that. So Man, what, if we're talking about encouraging people listening to this and we're, we're talking to athletes, you know, Christian athletes fighting every day just to earn a job on the field, let alone battling another enemy that we can't see and, and trying to stay on that walk of Christian uh, foundations and principles. Man, what would you say to yourself if you were a guy listening to this podcast and you were 20 years old, Right. What do you say to the younger Isaac Williams right now? If you could give him some sort of, or 18 year old guy coming into college, what would you say to him? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I would just say from a, from a relational standpoint, I think, you know, we're not meant to go through this battle alone and you got to find, find people to link arms with and go through this everyday battle because following following the lord especially in this season it, it's an everyday choice and yeah. so the moment you start to as we mentioned compromise um, on that choice it it just becomes harder and harder 
And so I think the biggest thing is just um, being able to find community and be able to, you know, spur each other on to continue pressing on towards the goal of, you know, seeking first the kingdom of God and knowing him and making him known to others. And so that's what I would say from a relational and a spiritual standpoint. That's awesome. Yeah, no, that was said, that was said really well too. Like I appreciate how clear that was and, and, and just for somebody to grab onto one thing of this interview, like, I think that might be huge for somebody, what they just heard you say, because if you're, if you're verbalizing something that you would have told yourself, it must mean something. Yeah. It must have some meat on the bone. Right. So hopefully somebody was locked into that. Um, That was awesome. So Man, as we kind of try to close this out, and it's been a great story. It's been a great journey to kind of walk through some of this with you because I can just imagine some of the toil mentally that you went through. And it wasn't always roses, right? It wasn't always, oh, look at the perfect Christian I am through this process. I bet it wasn't. So, um, but I bet you somebody was watching that. Like, I bet. I bet one of your teammates or some you know, classmate, somebody on the side, outside looking in, man, finish a sentence for me along the context lines of this conversation. So I know I made an impact in the lives of my teammates because. Yeah, because I think they saw that I was imperfect, um, but in that they knew um, they were able to see that in that uh, impurity or imperfectness, um, we're still able to have a relationship with with God. And so guys respected what I stood for and they confided in me because they knew I would would hear them out and I wouldn't immediately judge them. And so I think just through the example that the Lord portrayed of the gospel through, through this time, understanding that, you know, it took it took work when I, without Christ, I, I wasn't able to, you know, change my heart posture. And so they were able to see that transformation and understand that, okay, I don't, it's, I don't have to be all perfect and buttoned up um, to, to make an impact and to seek the Lord. Um, I can come just as I am. Oof. That's a good one there. I like that. I like that because people feel disqualified all the time. Yeah. They feel like, man, my past, what I did last night, yep. wow, I could never come to the Lord. I could never get in prayer and just boldly come to the throne and say, look, take it from me. You know, I'm yours. No, people feel like they can't do that, right? Mm-hmm. Just because of their background, their their past, their sin, whatever. But man, it's awesome. There's never a wrong time to do that. So, I, I mean, empower yourselves to go and just make that change, make that heart change and commit to God and watch what he does. But so I'm going to give you one off script here, Isaac, as we close out something we didn't talk about, something you weren't prepared for. Um, Give somebody one practical tool or way to actually like, what would be your suggestion on how to make time for connecting with other like-minded faith based people on a college campus. I mean, I know there's resources, but man, give them something like, how did that get carved into your day with all that you had going on? 
Yeah, that, that's good. That's a tough one. Um, I think the beauty of college is that there's, there's so many different opportunities that colleges and universities put out to, to get plugged in. And so if you're, let's say, um, you don't necessarily have those Christian clubs that you, you can go to, or, you know, it doesn't fit with your schedule, stuff like that. Um, making time to, to get plugged in to those different events and, and just develop a relationship and a level of trust with people um, in, in whatever, in whatever scenario or group or club that is, uh, is huge. And it's, it takes, it takes being bold. And so in, in developing that trust and relationship with others, you'll, the Lord will give you discernment um, and you'll be able to, you know, kind of, kind of see what people are maybe uh, living differently or maybe even open to uh, faith and, you know, just being bold and invite, whether it be inviting those people to church or um, different things like that. I think people in college are so, uh, because it's a new experience, people, a lot of people are open to, um, you know, new things and new relationship. And so it actually makes it a really cool, cool grounds for, um, you know, getting off on, you know, the right foot with people and developing that trust and through that trust. And when you gain that respect, um, you're able to, to share things like that. And people are like, Oh, like I can identify with that. And you're able to, to find those people or even be bold and invite people to, you know, do a Bible study or go to church, things like that. So, um, you know, we're, we're called to be bold and, and the Bible says it's, it's not easy to be, to be a Christian. And, and so I think it kind of takes some initiative, uh, on our end to, to make that happen. Yeah, it does. It does. It doesn't, I'll tell you, it doesn't just come to you. I promise you, it doesn't just come knocking on your door. Um, but yeah, I would say at the very least too, um, there's a lot of technology out there. If you've got a couple of guys on your team or wherever in your class that you can't make it to a, a service or an activity or an event because you're scared, like lock down, hunker down in your dorm room or whatever and turn on a podcast. Yeah. I'm mean, even if it's not this one, it's another one. There's so many out there. You there's no excuse to not have a resource, is what my point is. So get those guys together. Go through a Bible study on on an app, on a, you know, whatever it is, there's something you can do to get fuel in you, the word of God in you, and then just kind of refresh and re reset, uh, replug, whatever. But but I think there's there's avenues for you to take. So man, it's been awesome to get to know you. It's hear your story. And and I think the audience really relates to what you went through and how you overcame and, and just your transparency that. It, you know, it's not a perfection journey. It's, it's a progress journey and just staying plugged into the Lord and, and he'll pull you along and, and show you ways to overcome. So an audience, you heard it. He said, there's no excuse. I did actually, but I was putting <laughs> words in his mouth, but no excuse to not have a resource, man. Stay plugged into your, to your teammates, be a, be an example, be that non-negotiable foundational influencer, Until next time, he's been Isaac Williams. We've been last in line. Be blessed.